Good evening, everybody. It is 6.38 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, and you are listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. My name is Mike Cisneros. I will be leading you through the next hour, hour and 15 minutes or so, uh, along with the man who is synonymous with anonymous, the man who is from everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Please welcome once again from the thegnarlygnome.com, the Gnarly Gnome. Thank you very much. Good to be back. And fresh from our sojourn last week, uh, looking live at the Overlook Lodge from the Overlook Lodge in Pleasant Ridge. Please welcome the queen of Cincinnati craft beer commentary, Tina Cisneros. Tina, ahoy, ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. And a very special program tonight. First of all, before I say anything else, let me get out of the way of the fact that it is our 52nd show, which means actually it's, we've had done a couple of more. We've done like 54 or 55, but this is the 52nd week that we've done a, that we've done a uh, podcast. Our... And our historian of all things Cincy Brewcast, the Gnarly Gnome, told me what last week that actually the... It was like last... Last Thursday. Thursday, yeah. no. It's like the six, 16th or something. Yeah, it was, was, was the date that we started the podcast, March 16th, 2015, and we've worked our way through a year, so... Gnome, I want to congratulate you on no. uh, helping us uh, achieve such a milestone, as well as uh, Tina Cisneros, Angie Cisneros, our social media director, who's uh, going to be joining us later, maybe on, on mic, or if not, she'll at least be taking care of our social media. We'd like to thank, of course, Chris Camboros, who was on our very first show, so he'll always be in uh, Cincy Brewcast lore, uh, Scott Lau, who's appeared with us, and uh, Shane Brammer also, who's appeared, both of them as uh, special uh, guest hosts and so forth. So this is number 52, and uh, as you know, we play a few things during the show, and uh, that'll just help everybody to remind everybody where we've been and what we've done and who we've talked to. Uh, We play some of the liners and some of the cuts and stuff like that, which is uh, really great. And it's just kind of mind-boggling, I think, to look back on. Uh, such uh, such a great year of meeting so many wonderful people. And joining us tonight are three very wonderful people as well. Just met them this uh, just met them in the last fifteen or twenty minutes, uh, but we've already been having uh, some nice talk and some nice conversation. And these are the folks that are involved with the George Wiedemann Brewing Company. Now, if you've been following uh, social media, you've been an astute follower of uh, our Cincy Brewcast Twitter, the Gnarly Gnome Twitter account. Uh, you've checked out the Gnarly Gnome. Uh, on uh, on the internet, you have seen a lot of stuff about the Wiedemann Kickstarter. And joining us tonight are the president and owner of uh, the George Wiedemann Brewing Company, Mr. John Newberry. John, welcome to Cincy Brewcast. Hey, th- thanks, Mike. Uh, glad to be here. Also, the co-owner, and I'm sure actually she's the boss, right? Oh, because yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, is John's wife, Betsy Newberry. Betsy, welcome to Cincy Brewcast. Thank you. And the board member and the head of the Council of Elders, is what I'm told, <laughs> Doug Newberry. And Doug, what's your nickname again? Rubba. Rubba, okay. So I don't know if we're going to call you that, but uh, if somebody else wants to call you that, <laughs> they certainly can. But, Doug, we'd like to welcome all you guys to the show tonight. Uh, and His own mother calls him Rubba. Well, it's okay. <laughs> it's, hard, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to wear down those ones you get when you're a kid, man. I mean, it's, I've, been, I've, been, I've been cis for years, so I mean uh, – they started on the playground. Me, you sissy, you're a sissy, and I'd be like, ah, you're so funny, and then it just stuck. I was and then you actually realized you are a sissy. Well, I am a sissy. That's true, but uh, 
But uh, that's because I've had to deal with you for the last 26 going on 27 years. So you've torn me up. Uh -uh. Um, George Whedon Brewing Company, first of all, incredible history. And we've talked to, uh, what was it, uh, four or five shows ago, um, to uh, Greg Hardman and everybody down at uh, Moorline Brewing. And he discussed with us their interest and focus on putting together the heritage brands, the Utapoles, the Little Kings, uh, and you can't, the burgers, and then was one of the main competitions, I guess, back in the days, especially probably in the 50s and 60s of, of Cincinnati's brewing heritage, was the Wiedemann Brewing Company over in Newport, Kentucky. And talk about a heritage brand. I mean, there's, the, you know, it, it, w- it would be right up there with Shaneling, Utapol, Wiedemann is just right there. It, it was, was the always first, thought of. Or the first of the survivors, 1870. Right. You know, Utapol, I think, was 1885. Shaneling, you know, they're, 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 they're late babies. They're yeah. 1934, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about you know what if you if you can what some of the th- the things that happened in the past of, of Wiedemann and why it's so important for you guys to bring that uh sort of bring that brand back well i mean it's it's oh gosh where do you start with Wiedemann? but you know 1870 so it's the it's the oldest of the surviving brands not as old as uh greg's uh Moreline brand but um uh, Moreline was dead for a long time. Wiedemann was a, a live brand, never died. It's been around, you know, th- through that whole period. There are people in this town who, you know, grew up with Wiedemann. Generations of people grew up with Wiedemann. You walk down Monmouth Street in Newport, and everybody's got connections to Wiedemann. Uh, people who worked there or their family members who worked there. Uh, I mean, it was it's 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 not like a, it's not a history lesson. In Newport, it's, uh, I mean, it's, people grew up with it. They can still smell it. Right, right. Uh, And, of course, you know, it seems like every other, if you go down there, even today, every other bar has the Wiedemann, uh, the the Wiedemann sign, you know, that I guess was provided by the company at the time to advertise the beer and to advertise the bar. Um, And I guess even harkens back to the time when there were tied houses and they these particular bars maybe only sold Wiedemann beer. Well, I'll tell you the place we uh, relaunched the brand officially um, almost four years, before years ago in July at uh, Pompilio's. Um, right. Put it on, went on tap there in July uh, 2012, and they their back bar was delivered from the Wiedemann Brewery back in like 1905. We they we, were they we were actually just house. talked about that on our uh, show yeah. with the, uh, the, the 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 can collector club. Yeah. They were saying that that was okay. you know one of these. Yeah, uh, he, uh, they actually told us that uh, the, the breweries, not just Wiedemann, <laughs> but Utapol and, and and all the other ones, uh, employed carpenters. That were that was their job to go into the various bars and build the back bars and build the bars for uh-huh. the different owners to uh, and as long as they would stock that particular beer, so uh-huh. uh, it's pretty amazing. Um, it had a very wide distribution. I remember my uncle was a huge Wiedemann fan, and they had it in Florida back in the mm-hmm. uh, back in the nineteen seventies. So so it, it, it had it had a very loyal following, did it not? It it's it's it certainly did and I'll tell you it's it surprised me how widespread uh, it is because we get calls from people all over the country from the West Coast, from Maine, 
uh, Kansas City. Some <laughs> guy, some guy just sent us a thing from uh, Kansas City. He's from Kansas City. Well, actually, he's in Austria now. He he just bought a bar up in the Austrian Alps, and he wants some Wiedemann. He wants some some of our Wiedemann rewards <laughs> from the Kickstarter thing to put in this bar up right, in the Austrian right. Alps. But he was from Kansas City. He's talking about when he grew up, you know, drinking it in Kansas City. Apparently, we've heard lots of. Uh, stuff from kansas and uh, oklahoma and things like that so yeah it was really widespread popular so in the 70s they were making upwards of a million you know barrels a year i mean that that's a lot of beer that's 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 easily more beer than you know you need for cincinnati i mean you see it with some of the places now how much they're brewing and it's you know it's one one point four one point four million i think beer dave told me was that's insane was their peak yeah and i think that's i don't know if that's a record anymore with uh, sam adams uh they don't release they expand, their numbers. They so. expand, yeah, they used to. They don't anymore. But um, other than Sam Adams, that was they're that, still that's the largest brewery around. It's it's astronomical numbers, though, that's for sure. And it's funny you mentioned Greg Hardman. It, I was a business reporter for years and years and covered the local brewing industry. Uh, while I was doing that, became good friends with Greg. And I asked him at least a half a dozen times, Greg, Wiedemann, when you get, you know, they stopped making it. When are you going to bring back Wiedemann? And he, he always told me, nah, he goes, I got the Cincinnati brands. I got my plate full. <laughs> that was Kentucky, you know. Um, where was the original brewery over there? And is there anything you can tell us about that? Does the building still exist? Is it still? It is. There is nothing left nothing of it. Nothing left, It was huh? at uh, 6th and Columbia Streets. Uh, it was two blocks, two almost full city blocks, five acres. Uh, it's right across from where my office is right now uh but the thing is was leveled to build a uh, thriftway grocery store <laughs> which they, <laughs> which went out of business they're still yeah they're still around aren't they so <laughs> that was a good move yeah um so the, the whole thing's gone people swear that there's got to be like you know underground caverns or whatever still there because i know they had they used well water uh to make the beer and um, things but if if there's any anything left I don't. I don't know of anybody who's said how to get to it. So you're you guys are making, and actually you're not you're not making it because you don't have a brewery. But one of the local craft breweries has been making your beer since. I don't. I mean, I don't know if they. Yeah. I'm sure they wouldn't mind. We know. And I don't know. Yeah, we know, and are friends with Steve Shaw over at Cellar Dweller. So yeah. you know, you got they've been making the Wiedemann beers. You say since 2000 and. 11, uh, for, 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 the, for the past year, I think. Yeah. Oh, I, for the, for the I think, past year. No, I think the first beer they made for us was um, our Bach beer last year. So it's been over, just a little over a year and, you know, fantastic stuff. And they're really taking, and they're taking, they're, they're doing also the Royal Amber and the Lager as well uh, at this point. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's already a craft beer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, now tell totally. us about the rest of the, ori- the original recipes, because I know right before the show started, we were talking about Royal Amber, and I said that was a, that was a Wiedemann brand at one time. That was sort of almost their premium It was. Their it was like their beer. super yeah, premium. Yeah. It was like, you know, their Michelob. Right, whatever, right. You know, yeah. Back in those days. But, uh, no, the, we, we do not have the original recipes, and I wasn't too concerned about that, not necessarily wanted the original recipes, because, uh, well, you know, the original recipes went they went broke they stopped making it right, right you know so i knew i had to come up with better recipes but i think we've got the same style of beer as probably Wiedemann was i don't know back in the 1800s i'd like to think you know 
Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to we're going to talk about it a lot more. We're going to get into the Kickstarter. We're going to get into some of the affiliations that you might have with another with another craft brewery and a couple of other things right after this on Cincy Brewcast. And uh, we're going to take a short break. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, 8 Ball, Braxton, and more. At just 5 bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across Southwest Ohio and Northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones, or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Morrow, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> So when we teamed up with uh, the masterminds of BLDG um, and told them the idea of what we wanted to do in the name 8-Ball, we basically said, look, just stay away from billiards and, and, and stay away from drugs. And whatever else you got, we're, we're, we're open to it. And they said, well, 8-Ball, okay, we see four guys, knocking knees, short shorts, 8-Balls. And I thought, this is terrible. Uh, and I go back to the owner of the company and I said, You'll never believe what these jokesters want to do. Uh, they want to call it eight ball with four guys, short shorts, knocky knees, eight balls. And um, the lady at the desk laughed so loud that Ken looked over and said, do it. Back here on Cincy Brewcast with the Brain Trust, I, I suppose you can say, behind the George Wiedemann Brewing Company, uh, owner and president John Newberry, uh, the wife and co-owner of uh, George Wiedemann, uh, Betsy Newberry, and Doug Newberry, the board member and the chief of the Council of Elders, which I really, I'm going to say that for the, at Rubba. Hello, Rubba. Hey, so, I'm here. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I had to say it at least once. Um, and uh, I also have to play this by contract. From the beer fridge. So we have gotten a couple of the delicious Wiedemann offerings. And again, uh, made uh, in the craft in a craft style uh, from our friends at Cellar Dweller Brewing. Steve Shaw running the show over there. So we'd like to give him a shout out. And I just, I, I just sniffed this. Bach, which is the first thing I'm going to go after, and man, it is just, you know, I've, I've, and we had the Bach Fest show. You can see our Bach Fest poster. We were talking to a lot of uh, Evan or uh, Jake Rouse and and uh, Tom Hall down at uh, down at down at Moorline, and I, Bach was the first beer that I'd ever had that had a different 
flavor profile than regular lager beer or Miller or even Heineken or anything like that. It was the first thing that really made me realize that there was, um, that there was, um, variety and different flavors and good flavors and, Mm -hmm. and, stuff that you would actually rather drink a lot of times than lager, you know? <laughs> the first and, extreme uh, beer. <laughs> and it's got that particular taste. I'm told it's it's malt. I think it's kind of a malt and yeast sort of a marriage, but it's got kind of a, I don't know how to say it, like a musky flavor or kind of a musky aroma and stuff that's just so characteristic to me, and this really has it, and it's, it's really terrific, and I, and I thank you for bringing it by. Can I, can I give a... Kevin Moreland to plug on this stuff because he's it's actually Absolutely. his, his yes. recipes. Uh, Kevin's now Taft's Ale House. So he, he developed these recipes for me when he was up at Listerman's. Okay. Uh, another plug for Listerman's because Wiedemann wouldn't be here without Dan Listerman and right, those guys right. Up there well, and and of course that's that's a big you know there's probably half of the craft breweries in Cincinnati wouldn't yeah. exist if, all, if it weren't for Dan Listerman. Listerman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and and yeah, I mean it's just it's really. The the, ten, the tentacles of, of Listerman and then the way some of the different other craft breweries, you know, there's there's four there are three or four guys now all over town from Mount Carmel up the street. You know, there's 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 Kevin with Tafts and there's there's uh, 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 Sean Willingham who work who worked with Steve Shaw at, at Municipal who's or at uh, at Sheller Dweller who's now moving on to Municipal. So it's just a huge huge network of these guys that, that have uh, put been putting together great beer here for the last mm-hmm. decade or so in cincinnati yeah. um this is terrific is this something that's going to be a seasonal thing is something that'll be all on offer you in know, the tap I, room or i like this so much well we'll That'd probably be all time this out all, all the time all year round <laughs> in some version or uh, we may we may have to come up with another bach for bach fest and just put this out all the time uh, it's terrific so, yeah and I then um the royal amber again so so you've so you have kevin Moreland. <laughs> From Listerman, Dan Listerman, Steve Shaw, you guys got huge craft beer. It's not like somebody's coming out and trying to make the old Wiedemann again. You guys have right. a have a huge craft signature on your thing, and you know one uh, on your on your on your brand. And one of the things that that I kind of got from one of the, um, you know, haters are going to hate somebody on one of the <clears throat> groups said something to the effect, made a comment when they, you know, somebody retweeted or shared your uh, Kickstarter thing. Is this, would it be, you know, is it all right for me to, you know, for for them to produce an, a good beer or to produce decent <laughs> beer before I, you know, support them or whatever? Uh, yeah, that was our uh, buddy. Yeah, we, we, we that saw was, those was tweets it? too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but I can, you know, I mean, how can you, how you know, how, you know, I don't understand. I mean, I, that doesn't make any sense to me because if you've got that big, if you've got that big of a craft backbone and such an interest in it, and such a such a pedigree from it, I don't understand how people could can discount discount you guys. It doesn't make any sense. Well, if 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 I can kind of put put my two cents on that a little bit, Wiedemann had that that small period in their history where they were not brewed here. They weren't anywhere close to being craft they were bought by out-of-towners and i don't think the beer was very good <laughs> so <laughs> there 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 may be some people that have that stigma still stuck in their head that think this beer is one thing not understanding that the weedman of today in cincinnati is not that weedman that was you know those 
out of town. You run into that a lot with a lot of the the people who were in college in days, and that was the cheapest beer they could find, and that was the stuff that was made, you know, after '67, after '83. You know, it, it bounced around to a number of different owners, and I think they, it was just the, the bargain beer is what they were trying well, to market it as. You know, it was a damn good cheap beer, I mean, compared to Budweiser or Bud Light or, you know. Why did, why did, why did that happen? What, what happened? There, you know, so many of the great local brewers, and you can start with Wiedemann, you can talk about Udipol, and you can talk about Stroh's in Detroit, and you can talk about so many other of the of the of the local fall city you know and the, which is a heritage brand that they're trying to bring back in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a in sort of a craft wrapping if you will or, sure. or, or with yeah. a craft yeah. backbone um what happened to those to those to those businesses i mean what what big beer yeah. happened well yeah i don't think it yeah. happened i don't think it was anything against the beer it was just the name people were embarrassed to buy local beer at the time they wanted to get the big names that was yeah. doing all the advertising, so it was it was a trend or a style. So I don't think the beer was was bad necessarily. I mean, I remember we were drinking Hupel back but, in the day. But and, then to make the to help the brand survive, they sold these 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 big like Stroh's and Wiedemanns and stuff sold out to these other brewers that yeah. cheapened the quality, made much worse beer. You know, weren't using the proper ingredients. I always say, Which when, makes no- I, I, I always say, Stroh's went down the drain when they stopped using Detroit River water. And I mean, I think that's that's it, it got to be at least part of it. You stop taking it away from its home, and it's just not gonna. It's just not gonna be the same. Yeah, I think it was a much bigger issue with with people's tastes and and what was determined to be what people wanted, shifting and changing, and people trying to meet that need and make make lighter easier drinking beer to to pound almost yeah, i remember when hudipole went through i mean they it seemed like every six months they'd go through a new iteration of what hudipole right. was because they were trying UD to gold trying UD 14K, gold, yeah. you know and hudipole 14k i remember you know. drinking it back before i was old enough to drink it uh man that was a great beer and then you know they kept they kept searching, trying to find right, something, and right. it, it really wasn't the beer, wasn't the problem. It was the marketing, right. and you know they're just getting killed on the marketing side. But uh, I've uh, dipped into the uh, to the royal, <laughs> spill it all over the place. The royal amber, uh, which is in the bottle listed as a, as Wiedemann seasonal. Tell us a little bit about this, and I really, uh, I really, really like it. I think it's, I think it's terrific. Uh, it's got a great bite. It's got good hop presence, uh, but a malt, you know, enough malt to keep you interested to know what, and, and what style is it? It's, it, is it, is it really it's an amber? Dortmunder. It's, it's a Dortmunder. Okay. I mean, it's an amber Dortmunder lager. Um, it, we get more requests for Royal Amber from old Wiedemann fans. And actually the old, the which we don't have the original recipe. Although I do, do wish we had that recipe. Uh, I was told by a guy who worked there. His, actually, his father was president of the company when they sold it in the 60s. He told me all he knew about the recipe was it was made with rice. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was a Pilsner. And, right. uh, but apparently it must have been a great beer because people to this day are always come up and ask me and tell me it was the greatest beer they ever had. But uh, ours is a Dortmunder style, uh, and uh, you know we're real happy with it. Yeah, and we started out as making it as a seasonal, but – Shortly after that, we decided we're, we're going to sell it, it, this year, round. Be a year so, round. And you don't have any of the special uh, Pilsner lager, which makes me sad because I'm a huge fan of Pilsners. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. I'm, I, you know, I'm 
I'm constantly tweeting, where's the next Pilsner coming from, you know? And, and it's become and so popular. On. Yes. Really. I mean, it's, you know, and, and, and again, I've discussed it on the program before as kind of a maturation of the craft beer industry, if you will, because no craft brewers wanted to make lager beers, you know, five, ten years ago. It took too much time, they had too much, too much, too much tank space. Too, you know, too much. You know, they could turn around. A, you know, what is it? A couple of weeks, couple three weeks for an ale, where a lager takes six. You know, so. Uh, but I, I, I've seen it as a sign of maturation of the craft brewing industry that that they've started making the lagers, the pilsners, and the Dortmunders, and so forth and so on, that take time, and, you know expensive ingredients to do and i th- i think that's a big I, I think that's a huge sort of graduation for the for the craft beer business in my in my opinion um well I, i'd say when john started this venture back you know four years ago he wasn't out there to say okay what's going to make the most money what's the most cost effective he just wanted to make a beer that he liked to drink and that was uh, a, a bohemian pilsner and that's what he liked drank the most of so so you come from home brewing, you guys, or have you been done done stuff? I did in the so. Past? I did some pretty um, pretty awful. <laughs> <so laughs> yes, like me. <laughs> Until I had kids, and that was the end of that because I didn't have really have time for it. But I did. I did a little home brewing uh, back back in the days, but uh, it, it was mostly my work as a as a reporter following the local industry. And uh, when we when we found out Wiedemann was available, that the trademark had been canceled and was available i thought well you know these great brands you know it's like uh, i don't know the crew tower or whatever mm-hmm, it's, it, mm-hmm. it's like you got to keep these brands going and, right and, and and keep them alive and uh so that's what we wanted to do you're not concerned you know that like you were saying it died you know it died it was a dead brand and there's probably some stigma attached to the brand and it, of itself that doesn't bother you guys too much it doesn't seem to no, actually, you know, that's the second time we've used that word here. It's stigma. I hope we can avoid that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's sad that, that uh, Wiedemann, that Pittsburgh Brewing Company was the last company right, that made right. it out of town. Oh, you know? well, well, there's your problem. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> um, it, it was sad that it, that it went through that it cycle. It was in Pittsburgh. Because there, back, that's a... back when I was growing up in the 60s and 70s, I mean, Wiedemann was a really good beer. Right, and, right. Uh, you know, when it was made here locally, it was, I mean, it was known for its quality. And uh, and reached it, far and it, wide. As you mentioned, yeah. Kansas City, uh, as yeah, I said, yeah, my uncle drank it in Florida. You could get it every, you, you know, we drive down to Florida from Cincinnati, and you can get it in Lexington, and you can get it in uh, Chattanooga, and you could get it in Atlanta, and you could get it in yeah. Jacksonville, well, Florida. We've, we've so. met somebody whose uncle, grandfather, whatever, was a, a distributor of Wiedemann in Oregon. So, wow, wow. So uh, it, it was nationwide. It was worldwide but but that's what they all went through you know when they they started cutting prices to try to stay alive and then all of a sudden the margins got so thin and i mean it's it's sad because to to start cheating on the ingredients for beer is kind of ridiculous because that's one of you know it's really not that much difference you know making a really great beer and a cheap beer there's not a whole lot of difference you know when you talk about the packaging and the transportation and freight and marketing costs, those are all much more than the actual ingredients in the beer. So God help us if it ever happens to craft beer. I don't think it will, but. 
we can we can talk about that <laughs> at some point. That may be, that's an entire it's a whole different show. show. Yeah, listen, uh, we're going to take another quick break, and we will be right back uh, with the uh, folks from Weed and Brew. We'll talk about the Kickstarter and what's going to go on with that, and how that's going to work, and everything. Uh, right here on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, fans. I'm going to tell you about the new apparel supplier to Cincy Brewcast, Pasteur Screen Print. Mario Pastura has built his family business with the craft beer movement in mind. They've done custom items for Old Firehouse, Listerman, and many more. Screen printing to embroidery, Pastura Screen Print has the answers for your custom apparel and marketing needs. Contact Mario or any of the pros at Pastura Screen Print at 513-550-2271 by email at pasture.screenprint at gmail.com and coming soon at www.pasturascreenprint.com. The craft of custom apparel is Pastura Screen Print. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham with Municipal Brew Works in Hamilton, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy. This is Eric Bosler from Darkness Brewing in Bellevue, Kentucky, and you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Back here on Cincy Brewcast with Doug Newberry, John Newberry, and Betsy Newberry from Wiedemann Brewing Company in Newport, and you're in your still in Newport, right? Tell yeah. us about the Kickstarter and what's going on with that, and just all all the details you possibly can can give us on that. Well, um, the, we, we decided to do this Kickstarter just to kind of generate some publicity, uh, a, little, a little cash, hopefully, um, as we try to uh, get our site for a brewery um, selected and funded and all that, all that stuff. Yeah, we've been, so, we've been working with a couple different places that we're looking at, and we think we're getting closer to picking one of those. And um, we said, well, okay, now's a good time for the Kickstarter to get going and get generate some uh, some interest and get some level of interest uh, from uh, our our fans. What do people have to do to get involved? All they have to do, do is, is go to our website, yeah. weedmanbeer.com. Mm-hmm. There's a link to our Kickstarter campaign, and we've got ranges from a dollar to twenty five hundred dollars. I mean, we've got all kinds of stuff, and, and we're making. Like I say, they're instant uh, collector's items. They're all Wiedemann stuff that we're, uh, we got Wiedemann's logos on it. So as soon as we get them to you, you can turn around and put them on eBay and, and double your money. <laughs> Wiedemann's, Wiedemann stuff sells well on, uh, on eBay because we, we keep trying to buy it up and keep getting outbid. Now, wh- now, now what the goal is what? The goal is $30,000. Okay. And that will get it, what, k- kicked off into construction, design, you know, it costs so much to build it. It's it's going to help with our design, with the architect fees and things like that. Um, but it's a small percentage of what we need to. What you the goal? The goal is kind of arbitrary. You know, you just kind of right. pick a number out of out of right, thin air, right. and uh, um, we'll get it done either way. <laughs> okay, all right. Because if we you meet know, our goal, that'll really help. But uh, you know, we're we're close enough to the goal. That yeah, because there have been a couple of unfortunately unsuccessful ones in here in the local area that have tried to put it together with Kickstarter, and some of them needed it to even think about getting started uh, and some of them you know we're going to go you know like Braxton for instance we're going to go whether or not they were you know whether they were really successful they ended up being wildly successful in their Kickstarter yeah um, yeah but I mean we're, our goal is $30,000 and that's you know 
two three percent of what we need to get going right i mean right breweries are right. pretty expensive no, no, yeah, we, we, yeah, <laughs> and most that. people think oh yeah. let's start a brewery well right. you know if you could sell beer through kickstarters then uh you i think you'd see that that'd be great but unfortunately you can't offer right. beer as rewards right. i'd right. love to be able to go in there and offer as a reward you know a case of case of the new beer that we're going to be making there because that'd be a lot of fun right <laughs> <laughs> location if uh, have have you considered that yet or i mean obviously it will be in newport i would think but uh, the location obviously is going to be important well I'll, I'll say this much we have just in the past few months looked outside of newport uh-huh. and um we are considering other locations something yeah. outside of newport um Somebody suggested to me, you know, I should go look at, uh, you know, they cited Braxton as, a, as an example that Covington is being very aggressive, uh, trying to promote their downtown, things like that. It's not the Newport. I don't, I don't have any complaints about Newport. It's just we just haven't been able to get something together there yet. But um, we're, we're still we're still there. So, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think people uh, hear the name Newport and Wiedemann, and, and we've said all along right, we're right. going to be in, in Newport, and I think – Maybe that's uh, hindered our negotiation stance because I think uh, they want a little more money and a little more. The details are hard to nail down, so that's why we haven't really locked in on the place yet. Well, so. There's there's been a lot of people that have kind of had a little bit of an outcry too for somebody to come into the old Bavarians building and do something with that. Um, <laughs> is that anywhere near, or is that too big of a scale of a project to take on? Well, just the asking price is seven million. Right. <laughs> So that's a little ridiculous. It's overpriced, as I've said quite a few times. So, um, and that's a I, we don't even know what the condition of that building right. is inside. I mean, it's I'm sure it's a nice shell of a building, but that would take a lot of uh, money, even if it was given to us. Right. Well, I know. I mean, there was a I mean, there was a lot of renovation done in it when it was the um, brewery. Yeah, yeah, ah, that was a great yeah. brewery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that uh, place. It's a hair before its time. Right. right. Yeah, I think I was talking to Ken Field. He said he put nine million dollars into it, just renovating those those places. So. Wow. So, wow. Um, but uh, the current owner hasn't done anything with it since 2004 2005 Except try to demolish it over yeah. and over and yeah. over <laughs> so and he, he he can't right it's a historic well, it's, 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 he's working on it's it it's waiting on a, a judge's decision at this point okay um right. they get turned down by the city and by the urban review board and then they filed lawsuit so now it's sitting in a judge's hands wow. and it's wow. been almost a year since they filed the lawsuit it's amazing to me that somebody over there hasn't tried to champion the cause and a willing participant like yourselves somebody that can say hey you know we've got somebody that will come in here and get started you know well yeah you know we forthwith to, pretty much you we know we would love to right possibly look at something like that but it, it, it's going to take a developer somebody with more resources than we have or or to, just to, it, the city i mean why does why isn't the city involved in that or is, is that just too much it's too, too much, much for them to, too much for the city to bite much. to bite and chew yeah right yeah that's pretty interesting, though. That would be a that would be a hell of a location for you, <laughs> right yeah. off the highway there. But we've um, we've got several locations where you know we're still knocking back and forth, right, right. and uh, we'll, well right. I think we'll get it done. Uh, we'll get it done soon. Right. What is the the overall feel that you guys are looking for? I mean, I know we've heard brew pub. Um, well, more than a brew pub, I mean, because we are going to use it for a production, right? Uh, brewery, uh, but 
we're looking. I mean, I think the feel for our our, our tap room is going to be more of a, a museum kind of a feel to it. You know, old old older music, just kind of a, a we hope a hip place to come in. But we're going to have a lot of we've got a lot of Wiedemann paraphernalia, a lot of advertising stuff. So we're going to be promoting the fact that it's been around here and it's a historical brand. Right. Yeah. Something that kind of captures that 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 history. We we've talked about that so many times on the show how unique Cincinnati is with that brewery history that um you know so many places are so eager to open up their brand new shiny thing that is this new thing in Cincinnati and it's it's fun to see that there are still people that want to capture yeah and I think that really complements the whole craft beer movement and stuff I mean it brings in a lot of people who probably don't think of themselves as craft beer drinkers but I think they'll I, I know they'll come to a Wiedemann brewery and they'll be drinking craft beer maybe not even you know, no, and then all of a sudden they'll, you know, light bulb will go off. Hey, this is really good beer. Well, that's you know, that's craft beer. Right. And, uh, all of a sudden you got a, another guy who's dropping Bud Light. Well, and and then what a hell of a and then what a hell of a um, built-in marketing tool you've already got because you've got literally hundred over a hundred years of previous advertising that you can build <laughs> yeah. on Big you time. know uh, and and i mean you know you've got all of the you know you've there's all of the all of the memorabilia all of the brewerania and 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 then you guys say you've got a ton of stuff and and we understand from having those guys on a couple of weeks ago that 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 it's a very hot item anything weed them in or anything really cincinnati is a hot collect you know hot for collectors in this town oh yeah so yeah. uh it, it's already kind of it's already kind of sold to a certain extent for you isn't it yeah oh yeah definitely yeah, and, you I, know, just, I hope we can get some of those guys to display some of their stuff in right. our in our tap room yeah too, you, you know, know somebody who's got a yeah. big collection and yeah. wants to have it on display right right yeah i mean we got opening day coming up in two weeks and that's what i was doing today i was i was looking for some images from uh on, on google images and there's a lot of old uh crosley field images there's a lot of Wiedemann was right, the didn't they have the big the big uh, sign in the in the outfield yep. at Crosley Field? Wiedemann, yep. they had a big, uh, big home, or a big sign outside yeah. they, on the, along the uh, the upper deck. They had some as well, and they were a sponsor, so they were on the the, the programs, right, the right. little schedules. So right. we're uh, we usually play that up that that uh, we're the uh, we're the official beer of Crosley Field, even though uh, <laughs> no one can no one can argue with us because Crosley Field's not around anymore. Right, anymore, right, but, right. Maybe someday we'll get down Great American Ballpark. Who knows? <laughs> That's our goal. Too. <laughs> well, you know, I, I can, you know, they have the brewery district and a lot of a lot it's of options closer. down there now. So I would think yeah. it would be uh, it would behoove them to have uh, oh, something that said Wiedemann on it. Or, yeah, you we, know, we brought that up with uh, we had a uh, what was that? Uh, advertisers luncheon they had with all the people who were advertised at Great corporate American sponsors. Ball, corporate sponsors, and we were there and uh, I raised my hand and talked. Said asked Bob Castellini. I said, you know what? Wiedemann's got a big history with the Reds, but you know I can't get one at Great American Ballpark. How can I change that? And he started saying, "Well, yeah, that's a, he, he kind of agreed with that." And then one of his sales guys said, "Well, Bob, we got we got to look at numbers and, and uh, all that stuff." He's, and his response was, "Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, but this is Wiedemann." And he he gave us his right. uh, I, I forget what right. relation Phil Castellini is, but right, uh, right, yeah. he said talk to Phil, and so we're still going back and forth. So. It may not happen this year, but we're hoping, you know, uh, maybe oh, that would be, that toward would be, the end of the year or in the middle of the year that we'll, we'll rotate us in or by next year. Yeah, that would be terrific for There's you no guys. There's no reason and, why Wiedemann shouldn't be in there. You know, Wiedemann hired Joe Nuxall. Right, it's right. a little-known fact, but right. Wiedemann hired Joe Nuxall, and uh, 
it just has such a history with Reds baseball and I think we're the only brewery in the opening day parade this year. We've got our Wiedemann horse-drawn wagon from Wegman Farms. Right. And yeah. We just got the list of all the entries, popular. and there's no other breweries in the really? opening day parade. That's surprising. Yeah. So they got the brewery um, district and the Bachfest goats in it, but uh, really no other breweries. I was surprised. It is really surprising. Yeah, that is, because it's an op- that's an opportunity you know, to really get your name, you know, especially if you're new or you're, you haven't been around for a while to really get your name out and really, you know, really, uh, uh, present yourself as part of Cincinnati and to be part of the, uh, you know, opening day parade. I think that would be pretty cool. Well, congratulations maybe, on that. I mean, that's great. I mean, yeah. maybe all the other breweries are just pulling back saying, let Wiedemann have it this year. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get them going. They really should be at great American ballpark. <laughs> Even we agree. Lots of, I mean, we talked about it before, so, but obviously there's lots of support then for for you guys from all different aspects of the brewing community here in Cincinnati. I would oh think. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Listerman. We've talked about Listerman. You know, they've been great. We're always up there at all their uh, big festivals and everything. Yeah, uh, Blank Slate did some brewing for us. Yeah, yeah. Blank Slate did, did yeah, a summer yeah. brew a few years ago. Okay. So, so, yeah. So, so yeah, well, yeah, it's. It's it's what that's what they everybody keeps saying. It's, it's it's a big community. Right, right. Excellent, excellent. That's fantastic. I remember when I, I, I when I first got the trademark for Weedman, and before I had made any beer or anything, I just got the trademark. I ran into uh, Dan Listerman and Kevin Moreland down at Bachfest four years ago, almost exactly. I remember I was sitting there drinking one of Dan's uh, Friar bacon, bacon smoke yeah, box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one too many of them, and. Right. Uh, and I told them, I ran into them and told them I was bringing back Wiedemann. And they said, come on up, come on up, you know, we'll help you. And they did. So <laughs> it's, it's great. Well, that's terrific, guys. Uh, I mean, we're really, uh, we're really happy to have another, you know, heritage brand coming back to Cincinnati. It's terrific. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about it. And I think we're going to try uh, a, a little something else that uh, you brought. for us. So we'll, we'll reopen the beer fridge here uh, in just a moment. Uh, so we'll be right back with... Uh, John Newberry, Doug Newberry, and Betsy Newberry from Wiedemann, George Wiedemann Brewing Company in Newport, Kentucky, right here on Cincy Brewcast, The Voice. Uh, <laughs> the, Wasn't me. The Voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, this is Danny Gold from Quaffillers in Greater Cincinnati. Hi, this is Brandon Hughes from Nine Giant Brewing in Pea Ridge. Hey, hi, this is Peanut from Eight Ball Brewing in Bellevue slash Newport. I'm Eric Bauman from Christian Moreland Brewing Company in Cincinnati, Ohio. Hi, this is Mitchell Doherty from Eight Ball Brewing in Northern Kentucky, Newport slash Bellevue. Hey, this is Mike Alberoff from Nine Giant Brewing in Pleasant Ridge. Hi, this is Mike Dewey from Mount Carmel Brewing Company in Mount Carmel, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Beef trust. Yes, my my great great yeah my great great grandmother uh, and her sisters were known around Mount Healthy as the Beef Trust. Why? <laughs> they were they were big women. <laughs> The aforementioned Dan Listerman, of course, we've gotten a lot of mileage out of that. And, of course, you can go back, folks. We've been doing this a year, and we want to let everybody know that you can go back 
all the way back on all of our uh, through our SoundCloud uh, uh, at, uh, through SoundCloud uh, on our website. You can go back and find the RSS feed on our website. You can uh, send us an email. We'll send you a link if you want. That's right. <laughs> uh, of all of our past shows, uh, we've gotten we, we've gotten better over the over the year. We started out with just a, a small recorder and uh, sort of a sort of uh, audio quality that was not great. We've improved it uh, exponentially, I think, over oh, yeah. the last year uh, to the point where I think we're listenable and uh, we've had, been, had some decent stuff to say. Uh, I think and uh, so. So we're so we're really happy for people to go back and check out our past stuff. Uh, you'll find stuff from Dan Listerman and Mike Dewey and and Kevin Moreland or not Kevin. We haven't had Kevin yet, unfortunately. Yet. We got to get Kevin uh, at some point. But uh, Steve Shaw and Brett Coleman Baker and you know got people from you know Rivertown and and if you we've only missed one or two right <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we only missed one or two places that, 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 that you know here in town right um we you know depending on, on on your definition of town we we're getting there we're get, we're trying to get everybody and we we will get everybody you know year 2 i think is going to fill some of those gaps that we we've missed so far and um and we year, got and we got a big show next week. Yeah, and year two somebody that we have not had yet on the program, but uh, they've got a lot of stuff going on over there. And we got a big show going on over there next week at three o'clock uh, at at Fifty West. So we're going to be talking to everybody over at Fifty West about all the stuff that they're getting involved in, uh, including the including the cycling stuff and, the, you know, and cycling and the I think they just the posted their signups for their volleyball league and. A little bit of everything going on over there. I, I, for for me, year two is going to be um, the year of video for for Cincy Brewcast. We, um, you're not even open. Yeah. Well, what the hell? What the hell? You hand me a beer that's not open for? <laughs> I Jesus! Was, I was passing I was, it down to Tina. I filled glasses, but it never quite made it there. Who well, was drinking? Were you drinking? That out was of this my. Class? That was the Bach. Yeah. yeah well, uh, All right. Well, let me uh, let me extend an invitation for when we get our brewery open. Absolutely. So you guys can come down, especially when you get video, because I said it's going to be a museum of, of all this old Wiedemann Buriana down there. So yeah, definitely. Be, uh, we'd love to have you down there. Well, we sort of do the video and we sort of have different stuff, but we're hoping to get uh, making a vast improvement in what we're in, in what we're able to offer right now. We're still stuff. in experimentation. Yes, phase. we're still in and <laughs> trying to get some stuff worked out uh, to where we can actually have a pretty nice HD video camera. I'm trying to figure out, I've been trying to figure out how to hook it up to a computer for for weeks and still haven't been able to figure it out. But I think we're getting closer. So uh, now what we by have our here, next live show we will have better video. I can tell you that, which we haven't talked about that, this yet. But is that this? Yes. Okay. So, so I don't we, I don't no, need so another sample. Extra. Oh, okay. That's all right. Now, this no, is probably the and, other uh, end we, of the we, beer spectrum. We have a and we have a uh, a debut, which we've been very very fortunate that the folks, uh, Brett Coleman Baker, and uh, Josh Elliott, and the folks at Urban Artifact have been so kind to us over the last year, year and a half, and they have given us several of their new brews to debut here on the program. And so uh, again, by contract from the beer fridge. <laughs> And uh, Noam, tell us tell us all about this one. This is Atzo, which I wish I had had a chance to do more research into the name. Um, I know it has to do with some kind of 
Finnish mythology or something with a bear spirit, something it's like, like that. It's a creature there. It's, it's the... a bear. It's definitely, it's real similar to their Kodiak, which I think you probably had when they first opened, yes. which was their, um, their coffee brown. This is a little lower pH, so a little more tart. And um, I think a little higher alcohol. This one clocks in at nine and a half percent. So wow, it'll catch up with you. But I it's gotten really, a really smooth. It I mean, it's really, like really smooth drinking, and yeah, sure. and it does not taste like nine and a half percent. And I think they went with um, deeper roots for the coffee for it. That's good. Oh, that is nice. That is so smooth it will catch up with you. Yeah. You drink it. Well, and the the, <laughs> the 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 sour note of it, the the tartness of it, isn't too off the wall. It's always hard for me to tell just looking at numbers um, what that sour factor really is. And it's the, I don't have any kind of judge for that. You know, IBUs you start to kind of get a feel for how big of an IBU you you like, but I still have not mastered that with sour. I like it. I think. I- uh, you know, I've, I've uh, definitely not had too many sour beers before, or sour sour coffee beers. I'm sorry. Um, so it it's, it's such an interesting beer to me. I know? think the I think the sour flavor sort of replace sort of replaces the coffee uh, at the end. You know, in right. most coffee in most most beers that are brewed with coffee, you get that coffee flavor at the end, like you know f- the finish on a on a regular cup of coffee, I guess. Mm-hmm. And this uh, this is a little bit different in that I think it, that sour characteristic takes over, but across the palate and on the nose, you definitely get the coffee. Uh, you definitely definitely get the coffee notes. I think it tastes like a little bit like like too strong coffee, almost like that. Something about the sour just makes it sort of a little too. I'm not sure what it is for me, but it's like a little too um, astringent, maybe. Like 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 a like. You you used water for two cups, but you put in coffee for five cups. Is that ah, what like four? <laughs> I just, it, to me, it pulls out different notes of the coffee that you don't typically get from a lot of. It kind of like the, the way I love Mount Carmel's coffee brown because it just it takes the coffee and presents it differently in a beer. I don't know. So um, that is oat. Otso, 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 Otso from Urban Artifact dropping in the tap room tomorrow. I believe on their tomorrow tap, on their Tap Tuesdays. I'll have some some notes up on the website hopefully tomorrow too. We'd like to thank uh, thank Brett and uh, and everybody over at Urban Artifact for providing us with the sample. It's quite good, and go over there at uh, and get you some tomorrow. I just got kind of a fun uh, text message too. Um, this is a. I guess breaking news on Sensi Brewcast, even though people can't see it. Um, for builders only at this point at Braxton for their party, another beer in bottles. It is a um, Kiwi Berliner Weiss. Wow. So they're yesterday's headlines. Mm. And from what I can tell, the headlines are all different social media um, posts that people have made. And um, yeah, I, I haven't gotten a chance to look at this very very closely up but this is this is pretty cool i um can see one of my articles on there oh there you go cool so that must be why they sent it to you i've been bugging them about this burglar advice for quite a while uh this <laughs> week in beer i might as well uh, throw up our and i have to play this, this uh, contractual. Uh, 
Um, I imagine an email is going to go out about this probably tomorrow um, from the from from Braxton. Huge this weekend, their one-year anniversary party. Uh, we're going to go. I think we're going to take a couple of microphones and talk to some people. We're not really going to do a show from down there. We thought about doing it. Guys were kind of like, the guys were kind of like, eh, we're going to be awfully busy. Right. We don't know how much time we'll be able to take with you. But we were going to definitely sit down and talk with some folks uh, about uh, what their experience with, uh, with, with Braxton was. And especially, hopefully, we get a chance to talk to some of the builders and some of the other people that were uh, instrumental in their Kickstarter uh, as we talked to the Wiedemann folks about their Kickstarter uh, tonight here on Cincy Brewcast. Um, so that's going on. It's, what is it, 12 to 12? Um, uh, something like something that, like 12 that. to 1, something like that on Saturday. They're going to have the three different, they're going to have three different new beers that they're going to introduce. And then they're going to have... Uh, two variations two each, of each one. off of that off of that they have a they had that pilsner that they're going to be doing and there was one with uh what the heck was it i can't remember that. they have the burger vice inc- that, that we were just talking about and then um a belgian ipa and then the pilsner and the pilsner and the pilsner there was a variant of that that i was uh, uh, extremely excited about uh they um oh i'm excited about the black pepper yeah i i think that's fascinating in a pilsner but yeah. um yeah, there's 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 tons of stuff coming out. Um, they're very excited about, the, about the, they're very excited about their music lineup for that. They're very excited about the about the food truck lineup and all that stuff. And so all that stuff you can link to the gnarly He will have a lot of that information for everybody uh, on the on the uh, on the website and also be able to um, to link you to uh, the Braxton website as well through that. So. Uh, I got a little bit of news today uh, talking about the um, hibiscus blue up at uh, up at up at Mount Carmel Brewing, and they've been there've been there was some couple of things on the group today. Somebody asking wh- wh- where it was available in the uh, Blue Ash area or the Kenwood area rather, and uh, so I was able to get on with uh, Roger Hill from Mount Carmel Brewing, and no distro until May. Which you, which you may know, uh, but that uh, that uh, they were going to have it at the zoo 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 brew zoo yeah, zoo brew or whatever that's coming up in a couple of weeks. So they were going to have uh, a kind of a preview of it down there, which I think that event usually sold as probably sold out already. I would think. But the um, distribution that it's going to see, it's going to see bottles. Yes, in June. Yeah. Yes, so it was Roger. Was that was one of the things Roger also let me know that the bottles were coming in June, and. Um, bottles of sap attack come out i think this thursday the um irish coffee or the the, the irish cream coffee brown the, that the they irish did coffee brown sold I, out incredibly I, fast I, I i got a shot at some of that on friday yeah, night it was pretty it was there. pretty it's, damn incredible it was pretty damn good they're doing so. some big things so yeah and um big tap room expansion i guess something something on the order of as soon as uh, we can squeeze some information be, out of somebody be, be, we will be a a, a by a factor of two or three, I guess uh, the amount of space that they're going to have in their tap room. So I, a little birdie told me that um, cans will be in old firehouse this week too, um, starting their canning process and they're going out in April. So that's happening very quickly. That's that, that's amazing for them too. And great for them. It's been a long time coming because when we talked with Adam uh, back 
about a year ago now it's almost been uh he was mentioning to us that uh, cans were on the way it was just a question of when and and, and you know and, and how many and, and how many things and stuff like that so lots of stuff going on in the cincinnati craft beer movement uh, of course uh, go ahead and oh and a great article today in the business courier um uh, shoot I, I met him too at braxton and i can't remember his name a writer a, a very good story about taft and what they're coming Andy up on there brownfield maybe Andy brownfield that's who it was and uh and and is he the new beer reporter at the courier I think so. Well, he's yeah, yeah. yeah. Took over for you. I think he took over my desk. Is that was that yeah. <laughs> was, was that you? <laughs> so okay, so that's a great because I like that. That's a great segue. I like segues like that. To uh, <laughs> so get back to you guys here uh, from Wiederman, John Newberry, Betsy Newberry, and Doug Newberry. Um, so it was it was the fact that you were reporting on it and checking it out and and all that kind of stuff that made you want to get involved in it it's that's pretty interesting oh yeah well you know i've been in beer for he's, he's been he's been the <laughs> our, our beer brother for so many years uh-huh. and we used to go up I, I was raised in wisconsin my, my parents moved up so half the family moved up to wisconsin and he would come up and he would come up with he would find all these obscure wisconsin beers mm-hmm. he found you know rhinelander and uh, Leinenkugel. Back when I mean, they still had obscure beers. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, we never, we were in central Wisconsin. We never heard of Leinenkugel until he showed up with it one time, and we would have contests. We'd put a blindfold on them, and we would get all these different beers, different Cincinnati beers. We'd have like you know, Hudipole and Longneck, Hudipole little squat can, and <laughs> and, and blindfold them, and, and he would tell the difference between them. So he's always been the uh, the beer guy. In That's, our awesome. That's awesome. That's um, awesome. We're talking about all this. Uh, you know, all these happenings uh, just in the last couple of minutes here about what's going on. And I mean, there's so much more. I mean, I mean, it's just unbelievable to us. Is it, it, it to me anyway, is, is it unbelievable to you to, to see this, this explosion? And I, are you worried that you're getting in too late or that's, that's my question. Is it still scary at all? Time? You, know. you know, no, not really. You know, I, I am, it's, it's very encouraging. Um, Obviously, I, I wish we would have got our brewery going by now. It's been frustrating uh, that it's taken us this long to get it going. But it's only, you know, just encouraging to see how many new brewers are getting into the market, how successful they've been, and how much, you know, acceptance, how many people are, you know, flocking to their tap rooms. And uh, it, it's just great. It's <laughs> Part of that article today was – that Taft's, they they asked Kevin, and it was something in the uh, neighborhood of forty percent more sales, I guess, or forty percent just more of everything that they're doing than they expected that they were going to be doing. They're brewing forty percent more beer. They're selling forty percent more beer. I guess they're getting forty percent more business than they thought they were going to get. And 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 the mind just, I guess, boggles for them. Uh, and and it's it's un, it's I think it's unprecedented. So what kind of success would you guys be hoping for? I mean, what kind of similar of, uh, similar Sim- similar? <laughs> I, <hope so. laughs> I mean, I mean, we were we were talking to Kevin a year ago, and he's saying, you know what? Don't get you know don't undersize your brew house. He says what we're doing is I mean, we're selling everything as fast as we can, fast as we can make it at, at Taft's. I mean. So he said, you know, go bigger that's, in your brew house. That's the frustrating part is I was talking with a banker trying to get this thing going and uh, it, in Newport, at one of the sites that we're st- 
still considering. And, you know, he told me they, they, they didn't want to fund it. And he said, he goes, John, he goes, you know, can I just you know, give you some friendly advice? He goes, maybe instead of looking here at this Newport here, um, why don't you find a little place down in Dayton, Kentucky, off the road, farther, a little cheaper space, whatever, smaller. Start off with something smaller. I mean, we're looking at like starting with a 15-barrel brew house, which I think is hardly a d- a double brew house. Hardly, you know, uh-huh. hardly like a big, huge system or whatever. Right. Um, you know, he says, you know, why don't you like downsize the start off? I'm, I'm thinking, you know, what's the point? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, it's, it's, I, I've never talked to somebody that said, "Oh, we should have put in a smaller brew house." Exactly. Never heard <laughs> right. one person right. say that. And, and right. going with a smaller brew house isn't going to lower your price that much. I right. Mean, it's, yeah. It's the really. initial cost is. So we're, so so where's the disconnect? And we we only have we only have a few minutes left. But but where's the disconnect? I mean, this is a banker. This is a guy who should know that this is kind of a pretty good bet right now. So what? What is it that they're not seeing? Is it just are, are they trained to be really I, conservative? Or well, that I mean, and that and I don't think they're really plugged into. You know, uh, I th- I think the banks that are successful in this area are banks that are decided they're going to focus on this and do that. We've talked with some of those, and we're still talking with some banks who are you know have experience in this field. Um, that this was a community banker. Local, uh-huh. local right. Northern Kentucky. It's probably right. not an area of expertise for them. They just, you know, uh, but it's it's, so it, it's coming around. The money's getting in there. <laughs> yeah. And it, and and you just that's what you said. It's, it's still considered high risk, and I can I can see that. I guess. I mean, it is. It, you know, it is ephemeral. You only rent beer. I mean, you know, really, you know. Uh, but but still, it's it's it's. I guess it's just kind of kind of feels risky still you know well, and it's so new that i mean there's you know, no track record to go off of right other than right. the fact that i don't think any since any breweries failed because even the successes right are only a year or two or three old i mean right. you've got mike, right you've got mike down the street you know from us here and, and there you know and he's been around 10 years but he has it's not like he's it's not like his his growth was meteoric in those ten years. You know, he tell, tells us, you know, it was a very steady process, a very slow process, and and you know, he almost wishes he'd have been able to get in it at this time, where the where the the, the return was was really amazing right off the right off the bat, uh-huh. like it has been for your Mad Trees and your Tafts and your Ryan guys. I remember so when he started. I went, yeah. I went down. I was working at the business. Well, I forget what paper I was working. Probably the Post at the time. But I remember reading when they got their commercial license, and I called them up, and they were in the the basement right. of the house, about mm-hmm. a room as big as this, which is a small room mm-hmm. for you people who are listening. But uh, <laughs> that's that's that was his brewery, his commercial brewery, and right. at the time, and uh, yeah, that was their house. Right, right. And, <laughs> and selling uh, it not in not yeah. in twelve ounce bottles or cans or anything like you're seeing these days, right. or sixteen ounce cans, but selling them in growlers. You yeah. Know? Well, actually, you know at the <laughs> At that time, they were selling it just in kegs. Just, and, just a keg, and, yeah. And he told me they they decided they can't sell in kegs. He had a two barrel system. He says I sell four four barrels of beer. He goes I'm out of beer. He goes I realized <laughs> that was not sustainable. So he moved to growlers because that right. was a, gave him a little more flexibility. Right, right, right. 
and developed his own uh, pr- reverse pressure, whatever filling system for the for the for the growlers, and, yeah. and was able to wait. It was able to do them that way, and then sold them right down the street out of a little coke cooler down here at the BP station on the corner of yeah. Clough and Mount yeah. Carmel. So then I yeah. bought some of the first ones. So, did you? Really? Yeah, I really did. I really did. Yeah, I it's says, a great story. They? And I even asked the guy. I says, "Where do they make these?" He goes, "I don't know. Somewhere around here." He says, "Because it's Mount Carmel." Oh, some guy's basement. <laughs> And little did I know, it was right up the street from where where we bought this house. So, but see, that, I think that kind of you know expresses this whole thing of that like you have that tie now to that brewer. You'll always have that tie to them, and it goes back to this this Weedman thing. This is something that people have been tied into not only from their whole lives, from their dad's whole life, their grandpa's whole mm-hmm. life. It gets tied into your whole family's culture at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's it's neat to see that you know in in a craft brewery because you know like you said craft beer it's it's not that old you know especially here yeah. in cincinnati you know beer has always been like that it's always been like this emotion people have emotional connections to their beers yeah i'm not sure why that is well well maybe because you do, have but, so many <laughs> you have so many good times yeah. drinking beer all yeah. of your best exactly. memories yeah. all of their yeah, best I memories so. there's a there's a beer in one and all yeah. of my worst memories are beer in the yeah. other hand but and i and i, I get that you, you know that it's, it. i get that it's really the beer you know i mean you got to have great beer but you know it, it really is a lot you know the, the brand and you know the, the tie you have to that brand and things like that i think those are important well, that's, like, that's that's why we want to keep this Wiedemann thing the going. guy who called you the other day said they were watching basketball <laughs> this old guy and, go ahead he, he called me up this, this, this is a guy from uh, no it was another guy from Kansas City actually but he says he goes yeah he goes we were just talking about this the other night he goes, we started talking about, we were watching basketball. He goes, but all, we're watching basketball till one o'clock in the morning, but all we were talking about was Wiedemann. He goes, he goes, we were laughing, telling stories. He goes, it was like we were young again. He goes, and then he got on the internet and looked up Wiedemann, found out it was back, and he called me up wondering how they can get the beer. Man, you know? Is, and this is, cool. is probably. I uh, it before the end of March Madness. It's probably been 30, 40 years since he's had a Wiedemann Man. beer, but he's still got, you know, it's still got that hold on him. That is so cool. Yeah. I mean, what a great story. Uh-huh. Um, not a lot of time left, so tell us again. Give us the particulars and everything that you can about the Kickstarter, the campaign, Robert, how people yep, get involved. It's, it's what and and give us to also some of the you know levels and stuff and some of the things that you guys sure, have sure. got to, on, so to offer. It's go to WiedemannBeer.com. We've got links all over our website to it. That's probably the easiest way to get there. We've got re- rewards going from you know ten bucks up to twenty five hundred. We've got the Biggest one we've got right now is we've got a one liter uh, ceramic, you know, beer mug made in Germany uh, with the Wiedemann uh, Bohemian logo on it, um, and we're selling them at cost basically just to get some more people in there for twenty seven dollars. We've got those reverse on glass. Uh, we get reverse on glass, signs, uh, some illuminated, illuminated signs. Um, so we're and we're working on. We've got a um, um, actually a, a laser cut metal sign with the, the Wiedemann logo, the old the old vintage Wiedemann logo on it. So you can ride uh, in the wagon. Yeah, can ride, ride yeah, the wagon on opening day. We've got seven. <laughs> we've got seven spots left in our opening day parade. Riding the wagon, the only brewery in the, in the parade and, and this what's, year. And what's the level on that? That is dollars. Jeez, that's cheap for a ride in well, the uh, for a ride in the opening day parade. It's, it's an original Wiedemann horse-drawn wagon. Wow. So, yeah. And we've got like, and there's only room for twelve people, so. We've got seven left. Yeah. Excellent. Actually, whatever people oh. want, you want T-shirts, whatever you want, hats, just get on there. If, if you don't see what you want, 
Send yeah, we've, we've got a build your own we'll reward uh, <laughs> category. Also, in the wagon is going to be George Wiedemann the fifth. Let's go. George Wiedemann got got in touch with us recently. He and his son are coming down. They're going to ride in the wagon. Now, what? Now, real quick, and I know we're trying to. I'm kind of trying to wrap it up here, but <laughs> but what what? Your turn. What I can happened, go all night. What happened to them? <laughs> Why are they? Why? What happened to their he, involvement? Here, Did he just they, they take the money and? Here's a little bit of history which I, he yeah. told me, which I didn't know. George Wiedemann had two sons, Charles and George, obviously right. George Jr. Uh, George Jr. died 1901, shortly after uh, George, his father, had died uh, ten years earlier. But during the during Prohibition, his George Jr.'s widow sold her share uh-huh. of the company to the other brother. Okay. So this guy, George V, told me, I grew up in Lexington. He says, you know, Wiedemann beer was big beer and everything. He's about 70 years old, so he grew up in the 50s, 60s. He goes, Wiedemann beer was huge beer and everything. He goes, but we were uh, like on the outside looking in. Our family, wow. we were Wiedemann's and wow. everything. It was our family. Uh-huh. He goes, but we didn't have anything to do with the brewery really. Wow. But uh, so uh, he may be he may be getting in as we get this thing going again. He says he goes yeah I'd like to uh, yeah. make up for that. Yeah, really. <laughs> I'm sure there's some really good that, stories there awesome. if you could ever find. Yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be I think, awesome. I think Weedman was one of those ones that got in a little bit of trouble in Prohibition too for. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's, oh, that's that's <laughs> part of the lore. We should have got into that. Yeah, that's great stuff. But you know, I mean, the Weedman family ran the business for a hundred years. And uh, there's still a lot of them around. And they were and making a little bit on the side during Prohibition. <laughs> right? Not a little bit. George Remus yeah. were in there. Yeah. yeah, They were dedicated to making beer, let's just say. Yeah. All right. Like I said, when we get our brewery up, we'd love to have you back. We'll, we'll, t- we'll, we'll have lots more stories for you. We, yeah. will, we will be so proud and happy to do that. Uh, John Newberry, uh, Doug Newberry, and Betsy Newberry, thanks for joining us on Cincy Brewcast. We really appreciate it. And good luck with your thing. And, of course, as as, as as we talk about, you can go to the gnarlygnome.com. We'll also be retweeting and sharing and so forth on um, on the Cincy Brewcast and on our Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. So there will be plenty of opportunities for you to find links to uh, visit the uh, Weedemann Kickstarter site. And the goal is $30,000, and you guys are uh, stand at... A little uh, over 20. A little over 20. So it's still plenty of time to get in. It's still plenty left. of room. Two weeks left on it. So get in there. Get it done. Get these guys going. You, you know, take it from me. You won't find anybody that's any more passionate here in Cincinnati about craft beer and about heritage brands and about heritage brewing than these guys. And it's been such an honor to meet you guys, and we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Right. Thank, Thank you, you for Mike. having it's us. It's been great here. Listen, that's uh, going to wrap it up for us here on Cincy Brewcast. I uh, would like to thank, once again, the Gnarly Gnome from thegnarlygnome.com. Check out everything on there. Absolutely. Thank you. And from the Overlook Lodge, uh, Tina Cisneros. Tina, we'd like to thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. And uh, my name is Mike Cisneros. You have been listening to Cincy Brewcast, the 52nd episode. The voice of Cincy Craft.